you're listening to the final take we're your hosts i'm nelson Wynn, and i'm tim cox this is a conversation podcast where we talk tv film and our love for it all this episode we review the latest episode of hawkeye and spider-man no way home warning this episode contains major spoilers if you haven't watched hawkeye or spider-man no way home Stop this podcast now and immediately get yourself to the theater and in front of Disney Plus. You've been both warned and encouraged at the same time. Yes, you have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, this. These are actually technically holiday movies. They are. And they've they, done a great job of timing this out. Yeah, you know, I'm going to I'm going to say there's Hawkeye has been, you know, takes place during the Christmas season, so we get a lot of Christmas on Hawkeye. But we did get a little Christmas in Spider-Man No Way Home when the scene where Spider-Man's facing off with Doctor Strange, little bit of holiday jingles going in there. Yeah, yeah. It counts. I agree. It, it counts. is now a Christmas movie. Yeah. Yep, that's, that's right. true. All right, add that to the list. So Tim, uh-huh. You're sounding a little less nasally. Little bit. I'm almost there. I'm almost <laughs> completely there. Uh, it's been a week. It's been a week. Nothing Actually, like... It's been, it's been two weeks. I'm still editing the last podcast, of course, when we're going to drop that one here soon. But it's been a bit busy week, plus being sick. That's just not a winning combination. Yeah. But Between that know. and the holidays coming up. I know. We're uh, we're trending towards one episode a week again. <laughs> I know we're we're coming in like a tra- freight train. Actually, we're trending towards two episodes since this last week's slightly delayed. Yeah, so, yeah. Good times. We'll get it out there. We'll get it out there. Everybody's going to get a double dose. That's what I like to call the double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it is the Christmas season, our uh, overlords at Disney and Marvel have bestowed us with many gifts this last week. Yes. And so we decided to dedicate this entire episode to the recent revelations that Marvel has presented before our own eyes. So we're going to be looking at just Hawkeye and Spider-Man No Way Home. So you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Let's start with Hawkeye. This week, we kick off the podcast with our first ever episode review. Single episode, not like... Single episode. Not not, like series dropping. Yeah. Right. Because before we just look at just the series... Now we're looking at specific episodes. We're getting deep. We're getting into the weeds here. Or as some people put it, we're going granular. (laughs) Hawkeye episode five, which is titled Ronin. And before I get into it, I just want to say, you've already been warned about spoilers. Yes. So again, spoiler heavy. If you're still with us, bless your heart. Just go watch the stuff. (laughs) Watch both. That's the podcast. Now. Maybe come back and re-listen later. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But in this episode, in this episode, Kate Bishop is confronted by Elena, a Black Widow assassin and sister to Natasha Romanoff, while Clint Barton takes up his Ronin persona to send a message to Maya Lopez, the leader of the tracksuit gang. Is there a better name for a gang? No. That is the best. They're all wearing little tracksuits, like, like '90s British bands. <laughs> and you, know, and it's great because even in the episode, two of the tracksuit gang members are driving, and it's like a throwaway scene. 
but uh-huh. they 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 get super meta and they even talk about how they're in track suits and and how amazing they look so yeah oh yeah i love the the van that they drive or the truck that they drive what does it say trust a bro <laughs> love it it is awesome uh, fun, just fun little callbacks in uh, in uh, in Hawkeye. Well, let me let me throw this out here first, okay? And we kind of discussed it just slightly before we did this episode. Um, I think we talked about it yesterday or the day before. We have so far we've had WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and Loki. This is the fourth series on uh, Disney Plus series for that's integrated into the MCU. This is by far, in my personal opinion, the best of all of these uh, four seasons. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. And yeah. it's it's almost like they had to find their footing on those previous series. Mm-hmm. And Hawkeye being the fourth one in, it seems like they finally have really hit on whatever the, the limited series formula is going to be. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, all of them very good. All mm-hmm. all the series so far, well done and entertaining. I think you mentioned it when we we're talking about it. There are certainly parts in WandaVision where it kind of lagged, maybe like two or three episodes in, you're like, I have no idea what I'm watching. And and you know, you're spending a whole episode of scratching your head. Yeah, yeah. And even Falcon Winter Soldier had an episode where it dragged a little bit. A couple. Um, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. with Hawkeye, it's been great action. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even even the what would be like the slower scenes where we're getting backstory and and all of that in the previous episodes leading up to this have been excellent. I mean, the been LARP, the LARPing scene, mm-hmm. it, incredible, incredible. Oh. And they make all these new friends. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It is such a an incredible incredible show. And who thought? the most underutilized Avenger would have the best Disney plus show. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty exciting. This, this episode was incredible. Of course we saw the return of Yelena. So she comes in and confronts Kate Bishop reveals that she's going to kill Clint. Yeah. And just to step back a second, she made her first appearance in the previous episode. Right. In a pretty good fight scene at the end of it. Yeah. It was Clint and Kate on the top of roof rooftop fighting Maya. And mm-hmm. then this masked figure dressed in all black shows up. You kind of see that she's got the little black widow gauntlet, you know, shocker bl- bracelet thing on. Yes. But you can't kind of tell at first. Mm-hmm. And, and I think kind of throughout the fight, it gets kind of more and more revealed. And then they unmask her and lo and behold, it's, it's Elena. Right. And and that seemed like a huge revelation in that episode, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, it's all linking together. It's incredible. Yeah. And then this episode decided to say, hold my beer. <laughs> it, absolutely, absolutely. And it started with her blip. Yes. You want to know something? Bring me the blips. Bring me the blip stories. I mean, I agree. Disney Plus stories from the blip. We here it is. This is your next show. And the, the fact that they showed what it was like going through the blip was incredible. I know. I loved it. I was I as soon as I said, Oh, she just blipped, she came back. So the blip happened in twenty eighteen. So technically five years later is twenty twenty three. So they're actually in the future. So would this be sci fi? 
you kind of have to lump superheroes in with sci-fi, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, it's all genres. <laughs> oh, they went to space. Speaking of, they went to space. They, they did. Sci-fi. Right. Sci-fi. You throw, in, you throw in Asgard, so you got fantasy. Yeah. I, I'm going to say the blip stories are fantastic. And, and you know, everybody just blew away like little dust. And then they all came back, starting with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. They, they showed people coming back. And they're just kind of getting closer and closer to the experiences of people blipping with with Yelena's story and, you know, the very brief prologue to this episode. I was really loving that. Yeah. 100%. And you know what just, the thought just popped in my head, random tangent. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the end of Infinity War, Uh you're in New York in the car with Nick Fury Mm -hmm. and he sees a helicopter crash into a building. Mm Mm-hmm. Those poor pilots were blipped away, and when they re-blipped, they just blipped in midair. <laughs> that's true. That's an interesting concept there, because some people were in, you know, you got pilots in planes, and, and you know, you it, it, it's very possible that an entire plane of people blipped. <laughs> Autopilot technology is amazing, you know, you can just take off and land and everything, but it's kind of crazy if you if you look at the intricacy of what people would actually be going through yeah. as a side story completely unrelated to the canon Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. How fascinating is that? This I'd, is this I'd is love, where I'd love to see it. Right. This is where people need to start engaging us on social media saying, we want to see the blip show. <laughs> okay. That we need might, to hashtag this. I, all right. With one caveat, it may end up being the most boring MCU show. <laughs> well, you know, it's not going to have anything. I mean, it, it would be more of a, it'd be kind of, I, I could see it as kind of a quantum leap type show. Each show is is its own and they just yeah, chronicle. Yeah, like, like a blip of the week. Yeah, blip of the week. <laughs> hashtag, what, what's our hashtag for this? <laughs> blip of the week. Blip of the week. Bring us the blip show. <laughs> the Snyderverse, they got they've got a good one, but you know. Hashtag we want more blips. Yeah, we want more blips. <laughs> or we need to be polite. More more blips, please. Yeah, more Hashtag more blips, please. More blips, please. All right. Not easy to say either. No, it's not. Okay, so and so, and so, you know you know we can so, call the show. So, you know we can call the show. Okay. Blip. That's it, I was man. thinking Tales from the Blip. Ta- oh, that's that's even better. Come on. Tales from the Blip. That's right. <laughs> we got a little sideways. <laughs> well, you know, that's all right. That's that's what the show's all about. It's TV, film, entertainment, comedy. What else we got? So, so episode five of Hawkeye. <laughs> yes, episode five of Hawkeye. So let's move on from the Blip, and we'll save our Blip stories for later. We've got Kate Bishop. And Elena have their little show off. That was a fun little exchange. For it was what may be two future team members on like the Young Avengers or something. Oh yeah, that was a fun little introduction for the both of them. Right over over ramen. Mm-hmm. No mac and cheese over mac, mac and, cheese. and cheese. That's right. Who doesn't love a ba- box of mac and cheese? I'm not. Appar- I'm not a fan. Apparently, communists do too. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I think a lot of stuff's boxed over there. Okay, so now we've got Black Widow, Assassin, meeting up face-to-face with Kate Bishop, talking about she wants to kill Clint Barton. Clint is... Clint's kind of licking his wounds. 
mm-hmm. regathering himself after learning that he's got a, a black widow on his tail, all while trying to kind of reclaim, I don't know, reclaim his past, redeem his past. Yeah. Get Maya off his tail. <laughs> Well, let's let's kind of table that. That's an interesting comment there. He obviously approaches Maya to come back to the place that they had met so they can actually, you know, come come face to face and they have a fight. Clint talks with Maya and kind of spares her life while he takes out all of her gang and very Batman-esque by the way. It it was very Batman-esque. But we have Clint essentially says to her, you know, remember, he takes his mask off, remember my face. This was a job. I was tipped off. And in in that was why he killed her father. He was tipped off by her boss, and she didn't want to believe it. And there was really no backstory on Ronin. When we were introduced to, to Ronin in Endgame. Yeah. Okay. There was a hint that Clint was off the reservation, just mm-hmm. taking, out, taking out the blip on every criminal in the world. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then we get to see him just decimate the Yakuza. Right. And then he's back to being Hawkeye again. Yes. And that so, was kind of it. Okay. So this is kind of, this, this, I had a thought here. Remember the, the film Memento? Yes. Which is kind of going forward and backward at the same time. Christopher Nolan. Come on, man. Yeah, of course. Christopher <laughs> Nolan. He's our genius. Resident I genius. I saw Memento in the theater. I know. It was amazing. Okay. So. We're going forward with this story, but the whole story of Ronan seems to be going backward in the same manner. Yeah. As we're going forward, we're also learning more and more about the whole Ronan persona. Yeah. So we we knew who is he we know he's Ronan. We're kind of finding out a little bit of what he did. Now who who he's worked for. Mm-hmm. The very last thing, so we're gonna have Kate Bishop essentially becoming someone in the MCU. But also becoming Hawkeye Hawkeye. 2.0. Right. And then also finding out that Hawkeye is Ronin because of XYZ by the end of that. That's my prediction. Yeah. That's what it seems like it's leading toward because there, you know, there's just a little bit of exposition. And honestly, this is, it's almost kind of like, this is how the Eternals told their story, but they really went about it wrong because it was too epic and very spread out and very Mm -hmm. large over a a massive amount of time. So what you're saying is Eternals could have used a series run rather than a theatrical I think we actually, movie. I think we actually did say that. <laughs> it's almost like we've talked about this before. <laughs> I know. Whoa. So in other words, what didn't work in the movie theater actually worked on, on uh, is working very well for them on Disney Plus as, yeah. as an episode. As I feel a, as, validated. I feel yeah. validated. I know. I know. <laughs> <sighs> Why aren't we running things? Man, we need to be uh, assistant to Kevin Spigey making decisions, man. <laughs> Getting paid the big bucks. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> he could use a little bit of help. We'll see how that Fantastic Four turns out. You know, hey, I have, I have what, faith in him. What we've we've said it before, and Kevin Feige, we trust, right? And, yeah, and Kevin Feige, we trust. That's right. So, a few things that I wanted to talk about. Okay, that really worked in this episode. Mm-hmm. That that have really worked throughout the run of this of this series so far are those kind of those little moments between between Clint and Kate and obviously in, in episode 4 they really leaned into it where 
they had their movie night because he was he was feeling a little blue and and she was cheering mm-hmm. him up with a little taste of home. Those little moments between them are are great. In, in this episode where she rescues him and then they take an Uber, like you know they take an Uber. <laughs> I know it has such character. Yeah, it, it just like fun little small moments in in the show that aren't fight scenes or aren't a superhero trope playing out. Just fun little. Fun little snippets of of who these people are away outside of the mask, right? Or yeah, I guess when they take the mask and suit off. So that is true. And and I just I just realized why it was so good, and it's been so good. It's only six episodes, so the next episode is actually going to be the the finale. So I'm thinking yeah. that this resolves the tracksuit gang storyline. You know, yeah, with that because she had a different way about her when when she asked why her. You know, her lieutenant was not at that meeting when her father was killed. And that was uh, one of those scenes that was that was kind of revealing. And I think the next episode is really just going to lean into Yelena and Clint and, fi- and her finding out why. And, and I, I really want to know why or how she knows why she thinks that, that Clint killed her and how she knows this. Because it doesn't seem to be widely known. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, either she's taking some pretty giant logical leaps, right? Or someone's feeding her a story. But we do find out one big piece of information at the very end of the episode because we know that Yelena is going to kill Barton. We find out that she's hired at the end. Yeah. By by Kate Bishop's mom. By Kate Bishop's mom. That's right. You know, furthermore, the little chat that they had about mm-hmm. Clint earlier in the episode actually yeah. had an effect on Elena from even in the series time the night before she was actively trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of that little chat that they had, she was have every intention of killing him and basically just warning Kate, just like, give me the information that you have. I'm not here to get you. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just get to, here to get him to maybe I should check in to see who hired me. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's at least a seed of doubt whether she should kill Clint or not. Right. Kind of an interesting revelation. Well, so. look, that's not even the biggest revelation in this, in the series, right? And a, a succession of revelations. One, Yelena's, here mm-hmm. to kill Clint. Right. Two, she was hired by Kate Bishop's mom. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, three. Pregnant pause. <laughs> I was waiting on you. What were you going to say? I know. You said pregnant pause and it cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'm hold like, on. Pregnant pause. And three, Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin is in the MCU. Yes, he is. Well, it's not the first tie-in that we've seen this week when it came when it comes to who is now in the MCU from the Netflix Marvel shows. Well, yeah, there's a lot of news that dropped, and it was one of those things. I think Disney and Kevin Feige had to head it off at the pass anyway because it was coming out. Everything's mm-hmm. coming out. Yeah, whether journalists are doing their job and and uncovering these things or the actors themselves are. <laughs> Are spoiling this news. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was it was confirmed that, uh, or by Kevin Feige, that Charlie Cox's Daredevil is in the MCU. That's right, and we got a taste of that, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So now we know that this next episode of Hawkeye will feature Kingpin. 
Yeah. So and King, that, Kingpin's the big bad of the series. And that's right. He's the, I mean, obviously, Hawkeye's been saying the big guy this entire series. So if that wasn't. Right. If that wasn't tipping their hand, right? Yeah, that's true. You know, but I'm excited. If this yeah. is this, if this is a series finale, I can't wait. I know it's going to be a great one. And if it's if it's Jeremy Renner's last hurrah as Hawkeye, definitely a, a fitting farewell. I I was always on the fence about Jeremy Renner as, as Hawkeye, and I'm like, eh, he's kind of, and mainly because he was he was very underutilized in the series, just the bow and arrow guy, you know. <laughs> The more that they give him, the more he proved his worth as a character amongst the Avengers. Sure. And he's just a fantastic character to really like after this one. And I hope he sticks around as maybe a Avenger consultant or someone who moved on to bigger and better things. I mean, ultimately, I think it's going to be Hawkeye will be the, I just want to get back home to my family. Yeah. But I I hope to see him do more. I tend to think that Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye is not long for the MCU. I mean, the entire season they've they've really leaned into the I'm too old for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, version of of Hawkeye. Yeah. And he's already retired a few times. Another thing that I wanted to mention, you brought it up with Hawkeye kind of throughout the throughout his run in the MCU. There was a throwaway joke in Avengers Age of Ultron Mm -hmm. that I think kind of foretells the version of Hawkeye that we're seeing in the series was that Quicksilver was talking smack with him in the middle of the Battle of Sokovia. And at one point, he speeds off and Hawkeye has his bow and arrow cocked. He's like, I could shoot you and no one would know. And it was just like a funny little throwaway line. I don't recall... Hawkeye having that much personality really right before that. Yeah. And he wasn't a very well-developed character to begin with. And I think he really gained a lot more depth because he wasn't in infinity war. He was, you know, did his thing with his house arrest and like Ant-Man did and, and took his medicine and, and that was that. But with the Ronin thing, I think that really kind of boosted his visibility amongst the viewers, the audience being this Ronin character. What's this all about? And gave him such a mysterious persona and what's behind all that? What's the backstory? Yeah. So, I, I look, if you're hinting that you would be for more Jeremy Renner in the MCU, and if that is a Ronin prequel of what he was doing yeah. during the blip, right? I would watch that. I would totally watch that. I would watch a vengeful Clint Barton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty cool. So we see how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, all right, let's get to the main enchilada here. Oh, man. I've been waiting for this movie for a long time. Yes. All MCU, all the time. Here we go. (laughs) That's why we needed this episode. We could have just done a whole episode on this. It was a lot to unpack, but let's get to it. So, we're reviewing the third film in Sony's latest collaboration with Marvel Studios, Spider-Man No Way Home, directed by John Watts. This film stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Jacob Batalon. Among a few others. Among many others. Many others. So No Way Home picks up right after the events of Spider-Man Far From Home, where Peter Parker is outed as Spider-Man. Peter quickly learns that life ain't easy for a superhero without a secret identity. So he seeks out Doctor Strange for help, and 
multiverse misadventures ensue. Tim, your first impressions. I only have one word. Epic. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was like the the end game for for Spider-Man. You know what? That it's very, very interesting that you say that because it it very much was a, a great way to end this. And and aside of Thor, they they really haven't done more than a trilogy for all these individual characters for their solo films. Even though Captain America really just kind of shared a third film with Oh yeah, with Civil War. I mean, he Civil really- War was like Avengers two point five. Right, exactly. And this film was a good conclusion of the Spider-Man solo films and a great end on a high for a franchise. I mean, this is a franchise first for Spider-Man to really not go through a cycle of films and have one falter. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, my first impressions are, uh, go watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I may be stepping all over our ratings on this, but go watch it. It's very yeah, good. Absolutely. So, so what worked for you, Tim? Oh, a couple of things. Some of the surprises. Um, I, there the, were a oh, lot of a lot of surprises in this one. There was a surprise around every corner. We weren't really sure who was returning. We weren't really sure who was going to be featured and not featured. And yeah. they brought everybody back. And it was a bit shocking. It was very emotional. There were some very quick, subtle scenes that really were emotional. And one in particular, once we start in with the spoilers on this one, it there was one that just kind of got me for like a second. And they could have held that scene for maybe an extra beat. And that was when the scene when Zendaya needed to be saved falling oh, off. Oh, yeah. That was in particular a, a, uh, a scene from another film that just was kind of a redemption scene. Yeah. So I speak. No, I'll say that Marvel Studios, better than, I mean, just about anything else, mm-hmm. they they do their callbacks, man. They're kind of subtle hints, little mm-hmm. Easter eggs kind of planted throughout the movies. Yeah. And then callbacks to past yeah. past films that you got to go back and rewatch because of how significant like certain moments or certain beats or certain, you know, scenes were. Right. Um, and that rescue that you're talking about is one that like, it was almost how they redeemed the dark world. If you think about it. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true. So what do you think? What worked for you? Um, the, all the, everything, the whole <laughs> of the, all of it. <laughs> okay. From beginning to end, it was like a runaway train. It was. The action sequences were incredible. Mm-hmm. The the interplay between all the past and present Spidey people, like Spidey yeah. characters, the, the actors that were in previous iterations of the franchise, all mm-hmm. all of those characters it, interacting, playing in the, the sandbox that is the MCU, those big epic set pieces yeah. um, were definitely unlike anything before i mean again with the cgi heavy fight scenes mm-hmm. you know marvel just they're the class of of hollywood and, and and take that for what you will i mean i i know i know it's not everybody's cup of tea but 
it is my cup of tea. Yeah. And the way that they, they put those fight scenes together, the way they choreograph them, cut above. And then even in the, the slower moments, the smaller moments between characters, they found just great ways to move the story forward as well as kind of keep you entertained and laughing. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that I think they recreated that little, the, the Spider-Man meme where, where the two Spider-Men are pointing at each other, like, I think like three times, four times in the movie. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, they're, where they had Spider-Men pointing at each other. I mean, come on. Like, yeah. I mean, I I really enjoyed myself, and I think I think you mentioned before there are definitely times where there was like the, the callbacks to uh, was it Infinity War or Endgame? It was Infinity War where where Cap appears in the in the subway? I mean that that was like a chills moment, right? Yeah. And there were many of those in this movie where they revealed Doc Ock, and you knew he was in it from the trailer. Right. So that wasn't a surprise, but just like seeing him rise out of the smoke. And then you see the goblin grenade yeah. roll up. That was chills. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was so good. I was, was very entertained. Very much so. So what? What didn't work for you? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to agree with that. I, okay. I maybe this. Maybe I'm just a softy, but like, why? Why do people have to die? Why does Spider-Man have to be such a tragic character, man? That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. That is that's that's an interesting question. I, I, I'm kind of curious though. I, it, they did leave a lot of questions for me when people are went back to their universes, and so since you've already talked about recreating the uh, the Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other, we we pretty much revealed the spoilers. Oh yeah, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire come back. I mean, that and- was those were. I mean, long rumored. Um, yes, especially when it was confirmed that Alfred Molina was reprising mm-hmm. Doctor Octopus, and that um, oh, what's his name that plays uh, Green Goblin? Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. How could I forget that? Yeah, we had Jamie I mean, Fox as menacing as ever. I mean, mm-hmm. w- I mean, once they confirmed the casting of the villains that were going to yeah. be appearing and hinting at the possible Sinister Six mm-hmm. again, you knew there was the likelihood of seeing previous versions of Spider-Man, especially we've been primed by Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that film would, could have been a catalyst for this, you know, as Absolutely. far as let's, let's that, try to that get film was a catalyst out. for this entire phase of the MCU. Yeah. That, that the multiverse can work. Let's, let's talk some really quick, great scenes since everything worked and we didn't really want to skip anything. Let's let's talk some just really quick. What are your top three scenes in this film? Ah, uh, it's like it's like choosing your favorite child, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there are many favorite scenes. Um, how about we just go? I go one, you go one. Okay, so go. the first one that that immediately comes to mind is when all three Spider Men are in the lab fixing the devices that are supposed to cure their villains. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just, it was just a fun scene, seeing them play off each other, seeing yeah. them share war stories. Mm-hmm. Um, they recreated the the Spider-Man meme at one yeah. point where they're all pointing at each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in a movie that is highly CGI and features a number of fight scenes and, and masked suited people punching each other. Those little scenes are so fun. Uh, yeah. 
So that, that that's the first one that that jumps out to me. Okay, I'm gonna kind of use this as a, a bit of a conglomerate of these types of scenes, and I'm gonna say the references that they made throwing back to Tobey Maguire and and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films where they're talking about who they fought, webs coming out of your wrists. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and, you know. But the, that was a choice. That was a choice by Sam Raimi. That was a choice. And that's what. That's and that what was pretty really, controversial. And putting it out there and talking about it made it even that much more amazing. Oh, and yeah. speaking of amazing. The insecurity of Andrew Garfield's oh, Spider-Man because he was in Spider the Man amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man yeah. three, <laughs> yeah, and and uh, uh, you know, and he was he was he he was Spider-Man three. You know, it was amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. I love you know, that. Kept calling him amazing, and I was just cracking up. Well, it was and, so funny, and and I love. I, I mean, they must have, the writers must have scoured Spider-Man message boards just looking for all this material. I'm um, sure. And, and being able to call back, you know, have, have the characters kind of hash out these years, years and years worth of Spider-Man related dialogue uh, that, that's been occurring in the depths of the, of the internet. The fact that like, Andrew Garfield was the third, the the worst of the three characters to have played Spider-Man in recent times. Right. You know, and then, you know, how his version of Spider-Man hasn't really fought anybody. Right. I thought that was great. I thought it was really awesome. I, I actually kind of liked him as Spider-Man. I thought he was a he was a good choice, looking in retrospect, even though Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a train wreck. I actually did like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man a lot more than I did Tobey Maguire's. Yeah, I, I did too. And it wasn't the actor. It was the studio that failed him. Yeah, it, that that is 100% correct. And they that, that was essentially why Sam Raimi burned out on Spider-Man. They were supposed to make a Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And it got to the point where Spider-Man 3 was essentially a film that was a wish list of Sony execs wanting to see certain villains in the film. Right. And Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a wish list of the studio trying to kick off an, a Spider-Man universe of their own. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And... All of the failings of Amazing Spider-Man 2 have given us a bounty of riches that is the collaboration between Sony and Marvel Studios and, mm -hmm. you know, Tom Holland's run as Spider-Man. Yes, definitely. Okay, next favorite moment. Let's snake this because I'm trying to think of my next one. Go, so, so you go two in a row. Go two in a row? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say when Andrew Garfield catches Zendaya. Zendaya falls off the Statue of Liberty. Tom Holland dives after her, gets pummeled out of the way by Green Goblin, and ends up being saved by Andrew Garfield. Whereas the contrast to that was in Amazing Spider-Man 2, Gwen Stacy dies yeah, because he couldn't save her. He couldn't save her. And he had this quick emotional moment. And dude, it hit me like really unexpectedly. When the crowd, the crowd in my theater cheered. Yeah. I'm well. There was only about four people in my theater, but um, I was in a packed theater and I was masked and freaking out the entire time. But <laughs> the entire theater cheered when when he yeah. saves and when he saved MJ. So I ended up with a different experience because he looks at her and and has that kind of flashback to if only I could have saved Gwen. Yeah, he w he got redeemed. 
he redeemed himself yeah. by saving someone. And it was it was quite a scene. I, I really wish they would have held it, but it was a really great moment in that. And I and I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, that's my two in a row. Okay. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go these small these small scenes that, mm-hmm. that push the narrative forward because again, I think Marvel's kind of getting they're honing the formula here. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna uh, my my second favorite scene was in Ned's apartment where he opens up the portal mm-hmm. and pulls in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And they have that little scene in the apartment where it's like <laughs> they're trying to find their Spider-Man. And it turns out that these other two Spider-Men were pulled into their universe mm-hmm. uh, at the same time. It was just a fun, it was a fun little scene. Like That was a really great scene. Andrew Garfield popping in and then like and then like MJ throwing the <laughs> throwing the rolls at him mm-hmm. and like making him prove that he's Peter Parker. That was fun. You yeah. know, and then when Toby Maguire's uh Spider-Man comes in, they're like, Wait, you're Spider-Man? Because he's dressed in like plain clothes at that point. Yeah. That that yeah. was a real fun little scene. Those were yeah, those were good. Can you go wrong with that final battle scene? No. It it didn't you know, as as these things t- typically do in in superhero films, is the the final act is an entire is a is a fight scene. So you get like these. Typically, it's like a forty five minute to half an hour CGI fight scene mm-hmm. that's just like dizzying camera action, and you, you don't know what's going on half the time. And then there's a final showdown, right? That f- the final. The final battle scene was was so good where you got to see all of the, the Spider-Men fighting together, using their intelligence in a fight, mm-hmm. right? Things going right, things going wrong, surprises, villains flipping to heroes and or yeah. helping out the heroes and back and forth. And I mean, it was it was a really good fight scene. It didn't feel yeah. overly long. I'm sure it was probably like a half hour runtime. Yeah, but it didn't feel that way. Right. Um, and then, like, you got all those redemptions, all those callbacks to you know prior films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, bravo, right? Bravo you- to the entire team over there at at Sony and and Marvel Studios. They an incredible job. I agree. That was a fantastic, fantastic ending. Here's a small little uh, scene that was that was of note. A little little piece of dialogue between Electro and the Andrew Garfield Spider Man when. Electro was returned to normal. Yep. And they're having the conversation. Hey, you were a good guy. Uh, all that kind of stuff. And Jamie Foxx essentially says to him, kind of disappointed you weren't black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe there is a black Spider-Man out there. And I was like, And yeah. there is. <laughs> they made a nod to Miles Morales right yes. there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So good. Let me ask you this. Would you say the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man franchises are now canon with the MCU? Yes. They yeah. brought, they're I mean, they're because bringing of, them in. But they can because of the multiverse, right? And again, credit to Sony. Since the beginning of this partnership with, with Marvel, they've been able to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Right. They've they've been able to further their their license of the the Spider Man IP, mm-hmm. while at the same time using the juggernaut that is Disney and Marvel Studios to raise the profile of of their own series. Right. Right. And then in this film, 
I mean, how many callbacks, how many retcons were there? You know, how many just holes in stories, like plot holes that they either acknowledged, like, yeah, we get it. It it was silly. Or they found a clever way to close that loop. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the whole thing with Electro where he's like, yeah, man, the vat of eels. <laughs> Because like, right. he has this the silliest the silliest origin story and like how him and Marco Two are like yeah we, yeah we we've got to we got to really watch out about falling into stuff right <laughs> yeah exactly got to watch where you fall you know it was so so hilarious you know to throw those references in there so but um, before we before we conclude let's talk those uh, end credit scenes oh boy I well mean, let me let me throw this in here okay. I now know what what Danny Rojas does in the off season. <laughs> Football is life. <laughs> Until the off season when you go home and you're a bartender. That's right. <laughs> you don't have a job. You're you're a Mexican football player playing in England. When you go home, you gotta make some ends meet. You gotta pay yeah. the bills. Maybe he hey. owns that resort. That's true. And That's true. you know, like cocktail. He's 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 tending bar because it's just fun. Yeah, that that's true. Or back in Mexico, he bought a bar. Yeah, there you go. There, so so there you have it. So that particular scene, we have uh, Tom Hardy's Venom. Yeah, he, so he Tom, was the Tom, sixth person. He yeah. he made up the rounded out the sinister six. That's right. That's right. And um, it picks up from the end credit scene from Venom: Let There Be Carnage, right? Where he's decided to go on the run, go to Mexico, just unplug and in that end credit scene he lays down on his bed and is transported into another universe and in it he turns on the tv and he sees the news of spider-man being outed or peter parker being outed as a spider-man right that was a huge deal because it's like oh my gosh venom's now in the mcu tom hardy's venom's in the mcu right i remember texting you that after i watched that and i was like oh my gosh this is huge Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of waiting the entire movie for him. Yeah, I. You know what? I wasn't. I wasn't actually waiting for him the entire film. I. I didn't think that there would be a place for him. Uh, but they mentioned him. They. They mentioned Venom, right? Because Tobey Maguire Spider Man mentions that he fought an alien from space, right? Yes. And then I. I almost thought that like when when they did that little callback, I was like. Are we going to see Venom just like deus ex machina this thing? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't think that that Tom Hardy's Venom was going to show up. Yeah. Actually, I completely forgot that he was even there. Yeah. And and I forgot about that scene. And of course, it was great to kind of revisit that. I was like, oh, yeah, he was there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, he gets beamed back. Right. So he's in the in the mid credit scene and he's in the bar with Danny Rojas, who's his bartender, who's trying to fill him in on all the happenings in that universe. And then he's just blipped away. Mm-hmm. But then he leaves a little piece of himself. Right. The bit of a symbiote is left behind. So the question, a couple questions came up when I saw that scene. So the whole premise of this entire movie was anyone that knew Peter Parker was pulled into the MCU universe, right? Mm-hmm. How how did how does Tom Hardy's Venom, 
who's based out of San Francisco know who Peter Parker is in his universe? That's a good question. I have no um, idea. <laughs> well, I mean, the the only thing is, is that the only reference he has of Peter Parker is essentially that J. Jonah Jameson. But that's broadcast. after he was pulled into right into the Tom Holland universe, right? the the whole The whole idea was that anybody anybody that knew. Peter Parker was mm-hmm. getting was was getting pulled into their universe, and that was what was ripping apart, yeah. you know, the fabric of space time. And so, I mean, so so that's a question: is you know, how does that? How does Tom Hardy's Brock and then that version of Venom know who Peter Parker is? Unless I guess I got to think back to the first the first Venom. If if mm-hmm. he had worked in New York and and was with Peter Parker, he was yeah they they knew each other. Did they? So they knew each other. Yeah, Eddie Brock and they were kind of rival photographers or something like that. But I'm and, talking and about were- like in the in the first Venom movie. Oh, in the first Venom movie. Yeah. No. So. so- Venom's so that means that Venom is from the Amazing Spider-Man. That's the only place where he can come from because uh, Topher Grace's Eddie Brock is from Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. So if Tom Hardy got pulled in, then he belongs to the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Mm. Yeah, because he's he's clearly not uh, in the same realm as Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. then and so he leaves. So, so when he gets blipped back away, mm-hmm. he leaves behind some of the symbiote. Yeah. So then the other question is, does that, does the symbiote then just have to find, seek out the Tom Holland's Eddie Brock? Mm-hmm. And is that Eddie Brock still Tom Hardy or are they going to recast him? Well, it's got to be somebody else. It's, there's going to be a different, there, there would be a different Venom, a different Eddie Brock. Yeah. I guess that Ooh. way. So they don't have to continue to share Mm-hmm. <laughs> to share right because he, he uh, also revenues got with sony right right but but i think now this opens up you know now that vulture is going to be part of morbius yeah and they're gonna they, sony's gonna make room for the sinister six six films i think it's going to all be done in conjunction with marvel because it has I, to be I, I don't think that they've never had this level of success no, they haven't. With they this haven't. license. No, and we'll see how it goes. Because with, with Vulture coming into Morbius, they're clearly consulting Marvel on actually producing this film. Sure. Uh, and also sharing Tom Hardy over to... And Venom didn't get great reviews, but those are pretty fun movies. But sharing Tom Hardy over to Spider-Man No Way Home kind of crosses that bridge as well. Yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. Yeah. So I hope. I hope it. I hope it also kind of foretells that there's going to be another Spider-Man where he fights Venom. Yeah. And we'll that'd get be kind of cool. A good proper Spider-Man yeah. black suit Spider-Man. That would be kind of cool. With his battles with Venom, so I don't know. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Um, yeah. And the the final end credit scene. So after the credits, mm-hmm. we got a trailer. A trailer for Doctor Strange Two: The Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks so crazy and bizarre, even more so than the first Doctor Strange. Yeah. And then they're bringing in the Scarlet Witch. Yes. And so I mean, the the trailer looked great. Yeah. It made me really dizzy at times. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say the, there was only one thing I didn't like about the trailer. I what need your that? help. Okay. I, I need your help. That's just such an overused cliche line. <laughs> yeah. I need your help. 
but oh yeah, where she's like, where she's like, you know, I made some mistakes. Yeah, he goes, no, I'm not here to talk about Westview. Right, and and in all honesty, it's like technically, I don't really know you, but I need your help. Yeah, you know, because they we fought with each we 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 fought on the same team briefly when when we when we defeated Thanos. That's right. You you were <laughs> you weren't at the after party, <laughs> right? Well, because right, because right, because <laughs> they because they weren't they they didn't fight alongside each other in Infinity War. Right. right, because she was in Wakanda with Team Cap. Right, and he, and he was, was on he was on Titan. Uh, Titan with Team Iron Man. Right, and then he got blipped. I or did think... they they both get blipped? I can't remember. I, I, I think they both got blipped. Okay, so they both get blipped, and then in Endgame they show up for the final battle. Right. So they yeah they they come in for the final battle, and so I mean, so they've literally shared like. 15 minutes of screen time with each other. Maybe. Yeah. And, and then, and, and, and they were both, they were both at Tony's, were they both at Tony's funeral? Tony Stark's funeral? I think they were both at Tony Stark's funeral and because they showed everybody. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, you have the reception, so maybe they, they shared a, <laughs> yeah. maybe they shared maybe they a little a chat. Maybe they had, they had a, a chat, chat at the, yeah, at the, at the wake. Yeah. Had a little <laughs> chat over some pasta, homemade pasta dish, you know, somebody brought in. Aunt May some brought appetizers. it. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, Aunt May brought some pigs in a blanket. That's right. Yeah. You know, because she's single, single parent kind of. But yeah, because she se- she seems to know him, right? Mm-hmm. Where she goes right into explaining, like, "Hey, you know, I did some stuff." Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're probably just aware of each other. Sure. You I know, can see that more than anything else. Where she knows that he's Earth's. Was it mightiest Myst- wizard? Myst- he, he's Earth's mystical protector. Yeah, something like that. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, or, or now Wong is. Yeah, he's this. Well, the Sorcerer Supreme is so, the yeah, title, right? Yeah, right. But but he he protects Earth's from from mystical beings, right? That's right. So what's so your final, final take? take? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, anyone that's still with us on this episode through all the glowing remarks knows that my final take is a watch. If there's a way to make it more of a watch, I would do that. Yeah. But definitely go out, watch it on the biggest screen possible. It, well, yeah. it may be another 90 days before you get to see it on Disney Plus or uh, wherever Sony is going to be streaming this movie. Yeah. So go watch it. I might yeah. go watch it again on IMAX just so I could see it on the a giant screen. Well, I, I came home and, and uh, I actually, I saw this with a buddy of mine. We, we've known each other for 20 years. We came to the revelation that we knew each other for 20 years when we had lunch afterward and we, we talked at, at length about this film. But I got home and I said to my wife, I said, do you want to see Spider-Man? She said, yeah, I really want to see it with you. <laughs> So I said I, the it, same thing to my wife. I yeah. was like, it was so good. You it should was. go. And I should, should go with you. That's right. <laughs> well, of course, they're they're both probably gonna say, Hey, you know, we need to have our girls' day because we've let you guys watch millions of movies together. Uh, I, I think that's st- coming. We still we still owe them. So we do. I know, I know. I hope but, they don't listen to this. I hope they're I, not among our tens of listeners. I don't think they're among our tens of listeners. They, they're like, just go do your own thing. Go. <laughs> Stop bothering me. I don't want to hear about your podcast. Stop bothering me. No, but I, I said I said to her, 
<laughs> I said to her, uh, I, I really want to see this with you. I was because it was actually spoiled. I got this this was spoiled for me, so I knew it was gonna happen. However, I would like to experience this <laughs> with you and see what your your impressions were. But my yeah. buddy was what he was exciting. He got so antsy in his seat. Yeah. And, and but it, you know, despite the fact that I knew what was coming, it was still so exciting. My heart oh, started yeah. racing. Yeah. And it was it was incredible. For me, it, it's a definite watch. Yeah. For all the red flags of is this movie gonna be overstuffed to the end result, which was a fantastic movie. A watch so, from both of us. Someone asked me a question at lunch. So I had lunch with my buddy afterward and, and the waiter actually said, asked us, you know, we, we had mentioned that we'd gone to see Spider-Man and, and he asked if it was better than Endgame, what would you say? <sighs> no, Endgame was so good. It was epic. And I would say, I think it's on a par, you know, yeah, and, and, I mean, and as far as a the solo. The Spider-Man version, I mean, we led this with, it's the Spider-Man version of Endgame. It is, which, it is the Spider-Man version Which of it was. So right. it's like the, it's looking for the scope, but not the scale. Right. And, you know, I'm going to say top three solo films. Oh, of, sure. Of, of, it's the top so- solo film. Shang-Chi is good. And I'm going to say, I'm going to cheat and say Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther are probably tied for third. Yeah. So a discussion for another, another day. That's maybe, right. Maybe a future episode. That's right. Rank them. Rack them and maybe, stack them. Maybe if we're still around during the next Avengers movie, we'll, we'll break that out as a special episode. Man, we need to have a episode about, is there going to be another Avengers movie? And when is that going to be? And who's going to be in it? Speculation. Look, Disney's got shareholder shareholder value to, to, to find. And there's nothing better than a tentpole that is going to sell tickets and yeah. merchandise the, and drive people that. and drive people into the park. So that's right. As long as Disney's got shareholders that they have to answer to, we're going to have Avengers movies. That's true. That is true. Good times. All right. Tim. Do you have a haiku review for us? I do. <laughs> of yes. course I have a haiku review. All right, review. let's hear it. I want to hear it. Okay. Everyone knows him. Peter Parker, one, two, three. There is no way home. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. That was kind of sad because that is really the theme behind that is that is there is no way home for him now. You know, after the ending of that film where he, everybody... The spell was cast. No one yeah. knows who he is. Yeah. There's no way home for him. And yet, resetting back to humble beginnings mm-hmm. as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. That's right. Who who may possibly be battling Venom in a future film. I hope. I'm crossing possibly. my fingers, man. Yeah. They are setting it up for some new... And, and the fact that they cast somebody that, that's so young and, and looks young and can kind of hold on to that for about another 10 years... They could do another trilogy. Well, right. I mean, this was just this was the end of his run as teenage Spider Man. Right. And and now we're presumably, hopefully they sign like a, a ten picture deal with him like they did with, you know, Chris Evans. Right. Uh, you know, he's moved he he's moved out of teenage Peter Parker uh-huh. into twenties adult Peter Parker. And I, I do understand that they probably want to groom him to be the leader of the Avengers. Sure. And that's gonna be his his role. Well, they, they, they spent a good part of the second 
of uh, Far From Home basically talking about that. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And that is our final take. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and give us five stars and a glowing review so our podcast can reach more people and we can tell our wives seeing Spider-Man No Way Home a second time is still for research purposes. Thanks again to Tyler Hobbs, the Space Ranger, for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. Email us if you have questions, comments, concerns, anecdotes at thefinaltakepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefinaltakepod as well as on Twitter, Instagram at thefinaltakepod and check out our website, thefinaltakepod.com where you can see all of our episodes and we're also on every podcast platform. All right, this is our last one probably for the the rest of 2021. (laughs) Possibly. Possibly. Just depends if we got another one in. But if not, everyone have a great Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah, thank you to our tens of listeners that have stuck with us through this this first batch of episodes. The first launch. Yes. We're going to have a great 2022. Hopefully. Crossing fingers. Fingers crossed. (laughs) 